Welcome, everyone, to the Wild Will episode 23 presented by Diesel Boys LLC. I am your host, Will Greenwell, and it's good to be back here, joined with the one and only Mr. Hawk Harold Adams. Let's give it up for him. All right, calm down. We ain't giving you that much of an introduction. Hawk, how are we doing today, my man? Oh, uh, not too bad, you know, uh, just uh, living a dream, you know what I mean? Hey, absolutely. You know, really, you know, we haven't been on for a while. Everyone knows, of course, we haven't been. Uh, we were waiting for parts and pieces for the brand new podcast machine to come in. We were so excited for it. We got something going on everywhere now. Of course, we just finished up our weekend, which we were at the Circle City Raceway up in Indianapolis, Indiana. Of course, I announced all weekend and probably the longest day I've ever announced on the mic, eight and a half hours. It was insane, but we got through it. I want to thank everyone up there, Eddie Van Meter, Donna Van Meter, Shannon Mastin, everyone for a great weekend. And uh, we have a lot to talk about today, Hawk. Of course, the news is breaking everywhere. Uh, let's just talk about the elephant in the room, of course. Um, all the news we can't break because it's not a totally official yet, but we do know that Eddie Van Meter, Shannon Mastin are co-partners to the new Circle City Raceway. How about that? Yeah, uh, pretty exciting. You know, uh, we went up there, of course, last weekend, as you said. You did that announcing all day. And, uh, of course, you had – luckily you had some help with Scotty Keene. I had my camera, so uh, I was down there on the track there all day and all evening uh, – uh, taking a lot of pictures. Of course, you can see my pictures there on race eight this week. And uh, it was a lot of fun, though. Yeah, no doubt. And, uh, you know, he is doing wonderful things. And we'll talk a little more about that here in a second. Uh, we learned other news as well. Hasn't been fully released, so we're not going to say anything about that. But I do believe, Harold, that uh, Eddie Van Meter is going to do great things. Shannon, his partner. Uh, you know, th it was pretty amazing. Let's talk about this for a second up there. They threw this uh, kind of event together two weeks you know norton transport came aboard uh presented the norton transport spooky 150 of course for those who don't know 150 is correlation to the um, total laps of the features if you will but he added the pure stocks which added another 25 laps to it if you will uh so it you know it, it was a great weekend and um i i think i think eddie is the right one to be honest with you to take this to the right direction um, he's introduced a thing called Chaos Carts. We kind of got an up-close personal look. Almost looks like a quarter midget, if you will. Uh, more of a go-kart-based ride that uh, a lot of up-and-comer youngsters will be in and whatnot. He's going to make another little track in the infield at Circle City Raceway. So I think that's very impressive as well. So I think he's going to lead this in the right direction. Uh, yeah, and there's no doubt, uh, you know, just to feel that we got the vibe from Eddie and Shannon and his staff and just people we talked to up there and just the way things went about, you know, you just got the feeling that, uh, it was going to be, uh, everything was going to be good there and, uh, looks promising for 2023 up there. I really feel that way. As you said, they kind of threw this together, really didn't know how it was going to go as far as car counts and everything else. Of course, at the end of this year like this, everybody's season is over. So you had a lot of possibilities to pull in from everywhere and they got a lot uh, different cars from all different tracks and areas and it was really fun i know you was talking about seeing all the mixture of different tracks there so it was really fun to see and i think they did a really good job and of course you know doing something like this at the end of the year too it kind of got to uh, they they were able to see you know the the rights and the wrongs you know for next year and i'm sure they'll make a lot of improvements oh no doubt and uh, you know other news let's let's talk about this because the off season is going to be kind of crazy for everyone if you will you know we've talked about this as well Mount Lawn Speedway, where you and I kind of co-host this year, is going to Saturday nights. And we all know that there's a little bit of a friction between Rick Dawson and Mount Lawn Speedway right now because, uh, quite frankly, you know, we're, we're going to be honest. We're honest on this podcast. Running against each other on Saturday nights, that's uh, kind of the outcome when Mar Mount Lawn Speedway has had pretty of abundance of car counts as of late. Uh, but we'll have to see how that works uh, in 2023. And you and I have heard many things about that situation. But, uh, you know, I, I see Dave Duncan and Jimmy's point there on uh, trying to go to Saturday nights because, quite frankly, it's hard. Uh, on a Saturday night program, you have people going to work and school and whatnot. But uh, that's going to be interesting to see how that plays out in 2023. Yes, it is. Uh, as you said, uh, you know, it's, it's, everybody really wants to run a Saturday night. I mean, that's the ideal night, you know, but you can't always have that. And they've been kind of a traditional Sunday track. and uh, But, you know, they've heard a lot of the feedback, as you said, from fans and drivers and crews and everybody about uh, 
you know, the inconvenience of the Sunday night. So I, I think they're, uh, they're wanting to go ahead. As you said, they got really good car counts and everything going on the last couple of years. So I think they're wanting to go ahead and uh, try to go almost full force on a Saturday night. Yeah, you know, it's going to be interesting. You know, we've talked about this, many, many things. You know, I, I believe, you know, every year we talk about the silly season. Uh, I say the silly off season because you hear so many news articles. You hear so many developments come out. You hear someone driving this car rather than this car. Uh, you hear promoters and different schedules and such. But uh, I believe this is going to be one of the biggest off-season news. I know you and I know some stuff that we can't release right now that we've heard and, uh, you know, it's it's more news is going to come out of it, if you will. But, uh, you know, I know there's rumors spreading rampant, but let's talk about something else that's in the news. Uh, and that is everyone saw my social media post uh, a couple weeks ago that I'm no longer going to be with Salem Speedway full time. Uh, does this mean I won't call big races there? No, it just means my schedule, depending on that, uh, because I go different places and I have some negotiations on the table right now for different places and whatnot for me. Uh, I know there's rumors spreading that uh, I was possibly going to be at Circle City, I've heard, and, you know, that's not true. Nothing's concrete, um, anything like that. I can tell you from the source right now, uh, and you know me very well, Hawk Arrowhead Adams, and uh, we talk daily mostly, and you know that's true as well. We don't know what's going to happen with that. Um, <clears throat> now, poses the question, where will I end up in 2023? I quite honestly do not know. Uh, will I be on the mic somewhere in some sort of shape or fashion? Most definitely, absolutely. Uh, but now I have to find the right mix because now I have to be a husband again. As weird as that sounds, my wife and I will be together again after four years apart. So uh, starting a family and whatnot. So I have to look at that in, in the play as well. Uh, so, yeah, we, we don't know what 2023 is going to bring, but you know how the rumors spread uh, here constantly. Yeah, as you say, you know, things always come up in, in the silly season, the off season. But, yeah, as you said, this year, uh, looks to be quite interesting with a lot of different things changing, a lot of different working parts. And, uh, you know, we, we do know some things that's going on, and I'm sure uh, it seems like every other day we hear something new. So it's it's just a continuing thing. So uh, I'm looking forward to see exactly what is going to happen here uh, for 2023. Well, they always say get on the roller coaster and hold on tight because you don't know where you're going. And that's exactly what this off season of the 2022 season is going to hold. Now it is time for the most magical moment of the week here, Hawk Harold Adams, and I have the perfect one coming up. And our most magical day, most magical moment of the week, I have to say, Hawk Harold Adams is the car count at Circle City Raceway. The reason I say this, we've seen um, other times at Circle City that. The car count wasn't its best. Now, when we got there early in the morning, we, we arrived on the property around 8.30 a.m. or so, uh, it didn't look too promising with the amount of cars. Even I talked to Scotty Keene and Eddie Van Meter. I said, how many cars are you going to expect here? He didn't really know. Uh, but as you saw, Hawk, throughout the day, the pit area was slammed tight. No one could find a parking spot, and we had over 125 cars. How about that? Yeah, like you said, uh, early on, there wasn't that many cars, so we were like, well, I don't know how many is actually going to show up, but it seemed like there when we was getting ready there, even for the, the driver's meeting, we turned around, and there was like a long line of cars coming in. I was like, wow, you know, this is going to get pretty good, and uh, it was really exciting to see all the different cars. I was really surprised when they started practicing, because I wasn't back in the pits. I was roaming around taking pictures, but all these different cars were coming out, and, and I was very impressed. Yeah, no doubt. And, uh, you know, as the announcer, um, you know, I was in there with race control and you know how the lineups are made and whatnot. Jonathan Bird was assisting with that and uh, he kept radioing us. He goes, OK, well, uh, we went from 22 Hornets, whatever the number was. Now we got 27 because if you had 25 cars or more, you ran heat races. So we had 25 or more cars. There was that. So 27. So now we went from just a feature for the Hornets to now we have um, three heat races and a feature. And then the Crown Vicks, oh, man, what a surprise, 34. Now, that's not a surprise, but a surprise because Circle City hasn't seen that many Crown Vicks before. Uh, 34 Crown Vicks, congratulations goes out to Mike Basham. And that 35B, he has been on a tear as a late, uh, picked up the win uh, one week prior to that event at Florence Speedway up in Union, Kentucky. So uh, very uh, much on a row for that team. Second place, Ronnie Basham, the third, and then four, third place, Jeff Roberts. All three of those drivers picked up heat race wins. Pretty incredible. Four heat races for the Crown Vicks. That was impressive. Um, you know, crate late models, we had six, but then more came in. So I think eight came in. 
Uh, but man, uh, that was a long night. I, I should say that was probably the longest I've ever been on the Mic Hawk. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, it was a lot of cars. So, of course, a uh, uh, lot of races, a lot of cautions and stuff going on. Uh, you know, the of course, you'll probably get into this too. The track was very rough, so it made for some pretty wild racing. So, you had a lot of cars uh, getting in each other and stuff. But I tell you what, uh, most people know that I am not exactly a big dirt guy. I'm more of an asphalt guy. It's my upbringing there. But I don't, you know, I love racing. And so, we've been to this different uh dirt tracks but i will make a big statement here that was probably the most fun i've ever had at a dirt track was there at circle city this past weekend well that's pretty impressive when you say that (laughs) i I know how you feel about the dirt world and whatnot so that's pretty impressive now let's talk about the elephant in the room on the track it was the dirt track we saw in prior past the dirt track there has not been the smoothest probably been one of the most roughest tracks i've seen but this was a thrown together two-week program Eddie put that up front. Shannon put that out front. But I can tell you, you and I have talked to Shannon and Eddie a lot this past weekend, and that track's going to be a lot different next year. Possibly some red clay. Um, I think that's the direction they are leaning. Uh, But they are going to make that facility, I know, boom for 2023. Yeah, and, you know, it brings up a good point. You know, we've known Eddie, you know, for a long time as a racer and stuff, and He's always had top-notch equipment, always trying to be good, and you know, and all the race cars he's had for him and his son, everything. And he, you can almost say he's a perfectionist. So, with that in mind, you know, you know that he's going to do whatever it takes to make that thing roll. Oh, no doubt, and uh, I, I know they will. So that is the most uh, the Diesel Boys LLC magical moment of the week, and um, I can't wait to see what they're going to do in 2023. Now, of course, there was a lot of racing while we were off the air here waiting for different equipment to come in for the podcast. Uh, of course, one of the big ones was the Halloween 200 at Salem Speedway, the Winchester 400 weekend, uh, lots of mini short trucks going on. We went to Highland Rim Speedway down in uh, uh, Millersville, um, Tennessee, if you will. Uh, so, <clears throat> excuse me, there was a lot of different racing going on. Now, let's talk about specifically that Halloween 200 weekend. Uh, we saw the Scrapper event. A lot of controversy in that on Friday night, of course. Uh, Heath Helton uh, picked up the win, but after further review, uh, Justin Fiedler picked up that win in that night. Uh, then we, we went to the most talked-about event on Saturday night. How about Harold Adams, the Crown Vic 200-lapper? We were all surprised, I believe. Yeah, we were. I mean, uh, they've been putting on a good show all year long up there, of course, but now you showcase them there on that big weekend, give them a 200-lapper, and I tell you what, they stole the show pretty well. I mean, I keep still hearing people talk about how great that race was. Yeah, no doubt. And, uh, of course, the biggest thing was the finish. Of course, Aaron C. pulled away there at the later going in the 222 machine. Uh, then Perry Witsit started reeling him in really quick. Jake Wells, in the, and I talk about it a lot on the microphone while announcing in the catbird seat, uh, and that's exactly where he was at this time because Perry and Aaron got together outside turn four, spun out. Uh, Jake Wells snuck by for the win. Uh, Aaron C. second, Perry Witsit landed on the checkerboard third. So that was pretty incredible uh, to see that finish. Yeah, I mean, uh, kudos to uh, Jake Wells. You know, it almost overshadowed that he won that race with as great a race as it was and the big ending. But, you know, there was like, you know, some people might say, well, yeah, he, he really was third. But, you know, there was like 40 other drivers that could have put themselves in his position. But he was there, so he deserves that win. No doubt, and uh, that was, I was going to say, you know, he, he very well, he, he was at the right place at the right time, so that was incredible. Yeah, I mean, he ran a great race. I mean, so many of them run good. As you said, uh, there were so many cars that run up front there during that whole race. Yeah, no doubt, you know, and talking about that, you know, then we went to Sunday, and you know what happened Sunday? It was the main event, the Halloween, 34th run of the Halloween 200 for the Great American Stock Cars, and, uh, that that the biggest thing that happened out of that, um, obviously Will Kimmel, class of the day. Congratulations to him. Picked up that beautiful jukebox trophy. Uh, but man, Austin Bomb, just uh, him and uh, Skitter Crumb got tangled going into turn one, and what a ride that was for the seventy four team. Yeah, and unfortunately, you know, I was doing the photography there, and it's a big place. Uh, I just happened to be uh, at the other end of the track and missed the whole thing. But uh, uh, wow, I seen the video and some of the other. Uh, pictures that uh, one of the other guys had. And, I mean, man, what an amazing thing there. He's grateful that uh, he was fine. You know, the safety equipment did their job. 
No, absolutely, and it was a great weekend. The weather was phenomenal. Of course, we also had the front-wheel drives. Uh, we also had the uh, you know front-wheel drives that uh, Alex Booby picked up figure eight. Jamie Harbin picked up the oval, of course. Uh, then we talk about the MMSA mini sprints was there on hand as well. We had the modified figure eight division presented by Diesel Boys LLC. Ricky Puckett picked up. Overall, Harold, I think it was a great weekend of racing. It was. It was. A, it was a lot of fun. It had good crowd. Good weather. And uh, it, it was a it was a fun time, no doubt. So uh, it was great seeing everybody there. So many different people that we know from different tracks, and uh, it was a great time. And that's going to do it for segment one here at the Wild Will Throwdown, episode twenty three. Coming up next will be my good friend, Mister James Conley from the Seattle area. Uh, the Evergreen Speedway and head honcho of the Northwest Figure Eight organization. And uh, Hawk, uh, your Seahawks are doing pretty good. Speaking of Seattle, well, you know, we talked about before the season. You know, I kind of joked that uh, they was going to do good, but I didn't realize it was actually going to be competitive as they are. And so, it's a big surprise. And of course, Geno Smith uh, doing a, a great job uh, uh, outplaying Russell Wilson right now. So hopefully you can keep that trend going and uh, get us another Super Bowl win. Hey, you never know. I'm not going to talk about my Colts right now. I don't no need for that. But uh, I do like how the Predators handled the Blues the other night, just for you. Uh, it's early in the season, Will. <laughs> and that'll do it. We'll come back here on the Wild Well Throwdown with Mr. James Conley from the Northwest Figure 8 Organization. And we're back here on the Wild Well Throwdown, episode 23. And today joining me here on the hotline is none other and the Northwest figure eight guru himself, Mr. James Conley from up in the Seattle area. Uh, James, welcome, buddy. And, uh, man, uh, we're still racing here in November. <laughs> well, thank you for having me, my friend. Um, it's a pleasure and an honor to, to be with you, and it's exciting that we're still racing. Absolutely, James. And uh, how's the weather up in the Seattle area? I know down here in Kentucky, it's uh, right now it's a little bit rainy, cloudy, and whatnot. We're getting ready to go into that fall cool month. We're, we're, we're in the same boat We're uh, it was raining. It was hailing. It's 48 degrees. And, uh, yes, it's definitely, definitely, uh, summertime's over. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, but let's jump into it. Let's talk about first before we jump into figure eight racing as a whole. Uh, let's talk about, uh, the evergreen speedway. You know, it's, uh, I guess it's still, is it still NASCAR sanctioned? Yes. It's been uh, NASCAR sanctioned since uh, 1985. That's pretty impressive, absolutely, and it's always good to see a NASCAR sanctioning short track these days. But uh, let's talk about that. Talk a little bit about Evergreen Speedway, uh, the modifications. I know it's an oval track as well as a figure eight track, but just talk a little bit about what the Evergreen Speedway is like up in that area. Well, I'll tell you. So, um, like you said, it's NASCAR sanctioned uh, since 1985. Um, let's see here. It's a. It's got a. It's got a big 5.8 smile um, oval. It's got a three-eighths mile oval within that, and then it goes down to a one-fifth mile oval, and then that's where we race our figure eight races also on the one-fifth. Um, they also set up road course, uh, many, many different configurations of road courses. Um, it's a big, I think the whole facility, um, including all the parking, is like 197 acres or something like that. It's really big, beautiful facility and it's the only nascar sanctioned track in the state of washington yeah that's pretty incredible actually uh you know we talk about that you know the different divisions that run there i've seen you know on flow racing if you will because you know all of us who have flow racing we kind of watch and that gives us an opportunity to see different short tracks in the around the country that we don't usually get to see uh but sprint cars i believe front wheel drives uh late models uh do you all guys do trucks at all up there we do a four-cylinder, um, they call it the Northwest Pro 4 Truck Series. Uh, they're actually a touring series as well, with uh, Evergreen Speedway being the home track. Oh, wow, okay. See, I didn't know that. Uh, do you guys do any kind of other beginner divisions? I know a lot of tracks, they do the front-wheel drives, but um, I know a lot down here are starting the kind of cart racing and quarter midgets and stuff like that. Yes, so quarter midgets have been going on for a long time up here, um, a long, long time. And uh, there's a racetrack right next to the Evergreen Speedway at the fairgrounds that they run quarter midgets um, <clears throat> quite a bit. And they run uh, regional events there as well. And um, we also have at the at Evergreen Speedway uh, the Hornet Division. I think that's what you got your front-wheel drives. It's basically just a stock, stock four-cylinder class car. And then they run the road course. And then uh, then we have a four-cylinder, I guess, stock four-cylinder 
cars that we race on the figure eight, also the stinger eight cars, what we call them. Oh, that's yeah. awesome. Yeah, we talk about that. We saw Wisconsin at the Slinger Speedway, or uh, they run that as well. But, uh, you know, we, we talk about this. If people want to know about Evergreen, where exactly, and I have to look at the map a lot of times, is it in Monroe? Is that where it's located? Yes, it's, it's in Monroe, Washington, and it's about 30 miles northeast of Seattle. Um, just in a beautiful little town, uh, definitely a racer's town, got a lot of Got a lot of really cool um, shops, and it's kind of growing up a little bit, but it still has that small hometown feel. No, that's awesome. And, uh, you know, we, everyone asked us a lot of the times, you know, me or Hawk Harold Adams will ask us because we, we talk to a lot of the different figure eight tracks, if you will, around the country. You guys, obviously, it's no secret, Seattle area gets a lot of rain throughout the year. I think that's what everyone around the country who has not been to Seattle kind of thinks and whatnot. <laughs> but uh, what do you all do, like at Figure 8? I know you're the Figure 8 guru and you run a series, and we'll talk about that here in a second. Uh, but what do you guys do in case of rains a lot? Uh, we go racing. So any modifications, we, though, like uh, with tires or whatnot? Nope. We, we, we have a, we've been running the, the, the Hoosier 970 tire um, on our – figure eight cars on our outlaw cars and on our super stock figure eight division. Um, both those classes run the Hoosier 970. It's a treaded tire and they run that tire rain and rain or shine. Um, we, we've only been rained out. Um, I want to say twice in the whole history of Evergreen Speedway. Um, just, it, you know, we didn't get rained out cause it, or, you know, we didn't cancel it because it, of the rain necessarily was because it flooded so bad that you could not literally you just couldn't do it sure no that's incredible two times in the history i wish we had that i uh, can remember yeah i wish we had that kind of luck down here but we live in the ohio valley so it could rain one minute it could snow the next but uh now let's move on a little bit let's talk about what you have created the northwest figure eight i know you've we've had a lot of stickers down here I, i got from you at the three hour one year um, what, ha, how did that come to be? Because it's, it's quite exciting because what you've done this year is pretty incredible. And what you're doing next year possibly is going to be even more incredible. But how did this, how did this all start, James? Um, well, thank you for that. Honestly, it means a lot because this has been a lot of work, um, with my wife and myself and obviously the drivers and racetracks trying to make it all happen. But this actually kind of started on accident. Um, over in Idaho, which is about, it's about a four hour drive, five hour drive from, um, the Monroe area, uh, and Post Falls, Idaho, just out of Spokane, there's a racetrack called State Line Speedway. And they have a really nice figure eight facility, but they weren't using it. Um, and so they just raced the oval track. Well, they got new owners in 2018 and they put their new schedule out and I didn't see any figure eight races. And I was kind of like, well, Maybe they might be interested, you know, so I hit them up and said, Hey, you know, you got a nice facility and you guys can facilitate a figure eight race, but you don't have it. Why not? Man, we got no drivers. I said, well, if you give me a date and you want to do it, um, I'll bring a whole bunch of people over there and we'll put on a pretty badass show for you. If you have that interest. <clears throat> and, uh, we set up a date and I got on the old interwebs and, you know, social media and, said, hey, if anybody's interested in racing Southtown, I mean, sorry, uh, State Line Speedway, uh, let's get together and make it happen. We'll bring the four-cylinders, the Stingray class, and we'll bring the big cars also, the Outlaws and Superstock Big Rates. They can run together for, for a show, you know. And we brought 37 race cars between the two classes. That's incredible. And put on a really great show, and they were like, man, we want you back next year twice. And that's really where it got started. And then from that weekend – to drive home, my wife and I were all giddy and excited about it. And a racetrack in Oregon, Hermiston Raceway, said, hey, we just heard what you did in Idaho, and we need you next year. That's how it got started. That, that's incredible. I know a lot of those guys I have not gotten to know, um, but uh, this year I've gotten to know them more, obviously, because I came out and did the Colorado race on the PA, and, you know, it was incredible. Uh, it really was, and we can talk about that for a second, that, you know, you, we, you and I talked and you have flew actually some racers down and whatnot prior to that because it is a huge track. I mean, there's no secret about <laughs> yeah. it. It is a monster, and uh, I couldn't believe it when I saw it. Uh, but for overall, it was an excellent race. I was very surprised. The stands were jam-packed. Uh, we got to meet a lot of the fans in the pit area um, right after the event. 
the drivers had a great time. It was great to see. You know, one of the things that I love about uh, connecting the people to racing all over, no matter what division it is, to see a kid come up and that sparkle in their eye to talk to some of these drivers that at that time they're their heroes, you know, that is exactly what I love to see. And that you were back there as well. That pit area, yeah. these people came out in numbers after the show. You know, they didn't want to go home. They they wanted to come back there and touch these cars, see these cars, look inside of these cars. It, it was pretty amazing. I know you had to be just, I mean, just full of joy uh, for that whole event. It was fantastic. Like from, I'll tell you, from start to finish, from from the first time that I got uh, a hold of the track owner till we flew home, it's been such a. It was such a a great process, and it was a great event, and everything went really smooth. And man, like that that bar set pretty high. <laughs> like you know, we we only, we only had a couple little hiccups here and there, but man, for the most part, it went phenomenal. And most people don't even know what those hiccups are, so that's okay. Um, uh, yeah. That, you know, that's what I'm saying. Um, yeah, I mean, and the fans were fantastic. I mean, Eddie Van Meter said he had never signed so many autographs in his whole racing career than he did at Colorado. Um, uh, no doubt. No doubt. Yeah, you know, Bonnie, that's the good thing about it. They, they want to get close to person. You know, I always tell people when I started this thing four years ago and talking and promoting and stuff, I, I did not want to just be an announcer. I wanted to take these fans because I sat in the stands as a fan for years and I said to myself, you know, we got to have that fan-driver connection back, driver-fan connection. Uh, and, you know, I think it's very important because, especially on the short track level, and I will say this, and it's a model that I stand by for all that I preach about racing and what I love about the sport, is that if we can get these fans, whether it's an on-track autograph deal, come to the pit area after the racing if they actually meet one of these drivers face-to-face, they have somebody to pull for, that child, that adult, whatever the case may be, when they come back the next week. Now, NASCAR, the bigger national stars, it's pretty easy to get a fan, right? I mean, that's just how it is. But short track racing, to bring back that driver-fan connection, I don't even care if it's a handshake. Now they have someone to pull for, and I think that's incredible. You know, very much so, and I'll take it just a little further. Um, I have a... I've always believed this, even as a child, and I, I guess I'm kind of proof of it because I grew up in the grandstands also. Um, now, I kind of, my grandmother was a secretary of the Figure Eight Racing Association at Monroe, and my grandfather was a tech guy and a big guy, and so I kind of had an in that way. But I've always had a, a belief, not just a thought, but a belief that um, I would say 85% of the people that are actually in the grandstands want to be involved with the racing. Sure. They're excited about it, they want to be involved. And when we get the fan engaged with a driver, a pit crew, a photographer, a video guy, whatever that's involved, then we have that chance of actually having a lifer come into the sport and be a part of the sport. Yeah, absolutely. And and that's one reason, like, anytime I hear of, of, of a parade or a car show or anything like that that people want race cars at, I am like, let's do this. Let's get them, let's get it out there. There's been many times people have come up to me, hey, how do you get started in this? And I give them my phone number. I'll give them somebody else's phone number and, and actually help them. Hey, come to the shop. Come check it out. Let me buy you a pit pass. You know, get people involved. Yeah, do do something. And that, and that's what, you know, we talked about. You know, Ben Tunney and I have talked about that we do, Mark Tunney and I, and um, just kind of having these meetings, you know, prior to whether it's a pre-show to get people involved to the information on what's going on how these cars operate, you know, on the track when you announce or whatnot, the stats, they want to know where these people come from. And that's exactly what, you know, the Colorado people, I was getting that vibe. Well, where is this person from? Well, we had Eric Hodgkins drive all the way 39 and a half hours. That was a huge story from Maine just to compete in Colorado. There's these stories that, you know, you want to get emotionally involved as a fan and it's great, great story. You know, it's, it started, you know, kind of when a female races, right? Like, um, it's still, I don't care what you say. Yes, I believe race females can race just like males. But it's still a big story to those fans in the stands when you say the female because you see them all cheering because you look out the press box when you're announcing, right? So I always watch how the fans react. And that's one thing that I do as an announcer to make myself better because I think you can learn each and every time, no matter what you do. But, you know, when you say something, you, you kind of joke with them a little bit. You kind of look out there and see what the reaction is. And 
you know, anytime you say that or, you know, they're like, wow, he's from this way or wow, that's a girl. You know, it, it, they really want to know this. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Yeah. And any, and any time you can get, I mean, like I said, they're, they're, they're there for a reason. And anytime you can make that connection with each fan, with a driver or a scenario, man, it's, it's, it's the it's the best of the best, and you do a phenomenal job with that. Oh no, I appreciate <laughs> it. I really do. I'm very humbled at what I do um, because I grew up in the sport myself. You know, I told people, you know, I was two weeks old when my father raced. You know, so th- this is in my blood, and I love it dearly. Uh, but now let's talk about what's coming up this weekend. This is huge: the West Coast Championship 2022 edition. Uh, you got a local up there who's defending his championship, Chris Curtis. How about that number seventy four team up there? That's right, man. They're, they're, they're excited to, to, to go back down there and defend their, their championship. And there's going to be a pretty stacked field. Um, and I think, I think they learned a lot in Colorado. Colorado was kind of a, uh, an interesting take for them. They're always running up front and then, you know, usually up front in practice and everything. And they struggled big time. And, but I think they found some stuff. And, um, I know, I know that Chris and his team are very excited to get down there and, Turn some laps and um, and 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 show show what they got. That's for sure. No, oh, absolutely. And if you look at the entry list, I mean, it's pretty stacked. And, and not only the outlaw figure eight, but the street stock challenge, which Rod Proctor is just all giddy about. I've talked to him about it. And he is he is pumped up. I mean, you look at the stats here: over thirty four street stocks. Now I'm saying street stocks from Utah, Colorado, Idaho, California, and Nevada. That is impressive for street stocks. It's a, it's amazing and and honestly like it's really cool to see uh to see a big street stock race like this. I mean, those cars are just as you know they're they're different, but they're just as they're just as beautiful and well prepared as any other any other uh, class of racing that there is. And for Rod to invite everybody and their track rules to get get together and put a good payout in, and to get those those guys around these outlaw cars as well is it's, it's really exciting. And, and we're, I'm excited to see the street stock race just as much as I am the figure eight race. Oh, me too. No doubt about it. And, uh, you know, talking about the outlaws, we, I looked at the entry list, studied a little bit, uh, Jillian again, uh, coming down from your track area. It was great to meet them at the Colorado speedway, national speedway. Um, haven't got to talk to them much. Haven't really got to talk to anybody up there much in your area. So it was really cool to do that. But how about this? The Hall of Famer Doug Gregg was on that list. How about that? I know, man. I'm so I'm I'm really excited. I actually seen that Doug Gregg and uh, they actually stopped by Colorado National Speedway on the way out and checked it out too. So that's pretty exciting. Oh, hopefully I didn't see he'll, that. Uh, yeah, he posted a picture of it. Uh, hopefully, uh, hopefully he'll make a he'll make a trip to Colorado next year. Well, I hope That'd so, Doug cool. Gregg. He, I mean, he's a great guy and uh, has a great head on his shoulder. I know. Kimmy, his daughter, he has brought her up in the ranks now in the street stock world, done a lot of championship racing association, the CRA down here, so that's pretty cool to see uh, her grow up in the ranks as well. But then, of course, you can't say figure eight outlaw racing without mentioning the Tunnies. I know Jesse Austin, Ben, man, that's a stout field. Ben, of course, three-time winner out there. He's going to be one to watch as well. Absolutely, man. Like All those guys are uh, all those guys are fast and always have a chance to win no matter where, where they're at or if they're on a figure eight track, they got a chance to win. So, what are you That's looking for forward sure. to this weekend? I mean, as far as the Colorado, or excuse me, California uh, race goes on, what are you more uh, anxious to see, if you will? You know, I, I'm excited. First, pers- like this is personal, right, for me. Um, sure. I'm excited. I'm excited to that it's going to be a good good field of race cars. Rod Proctor puts a lot of work into putting this race together, and. Um, you know, a couple of years ago, the, you know, they had 18 cars show up, and I think there's like 25 coming this year for the yep. great race, 25, 26. So that's really exciting. And um, I know our, a lot of our guys um, have stepped their programs up. I know Richard Chambers stepped his program up, and he's got a fast race car now. He was at Colorado. Um, and uh, Ricky Dietz, he's, he's always fast no matter where he goes. He's a contender. And um, I think I think they found something in Colorado also that's going to make that race car um, pretty darn quick to to challenge the Tunnies and and, and obviously uh, the defending champion Chris Curtis as well. Um, it's going to be good, man. There's going to you got Nick Holton, you got Ryan Clark. These are young kids, man. I think Nick's 22 and Ryan Clark just graduated high school and um, last year. And it's just cool to see these young these young drivers coming up. Obviously, Jillian, she's a young one from 
up north as well up here. Um, just a good field of cars, man, and drivers and just and good people. And anytime you can get this many good people from across the nation together for one common good thing, not, you know, it, it doesn't get any better than that. We have, we have friends across the nation now because of the sport that we love. How yeah, cool is that? Yeah, that's what I was getting ready to say. I was tell, actually telling my wife a little bit earlier on today. Uh, she's down in, of course, Louisiana, but uh, I told her, it's like, you know, it's pretty incredible. Uh, she asked who my interview was, and I told her you in the Seattle area. And, you know, the figure eight racing community, I mean, we have friends from – uh, Maine, Indiana, Wisconsin. Speaking of Wisconsin, Craig Van de Wettering coming down. That's pretty incredible. But uh, Seattle, you know, you guys, California, Florida, Colorado. I mean, it's pretty impressive, impressive what this sport has done. Yeah, you know, and I mean, like, gosh, I know we've been talking about Colorado a little bit, but uh, I mean, for the first time that any of us have ever put laps on that racetrack, right? We had six six states represented at the first race that we ever put on there how amazing is that like and it's because a lot of people around the nation kind of seem to think that racing is not growing or it's kind of stagnant and i believe figure eight racing is probably more popular than it's ever been sure and and it's because we're bringing it to different racetracks that we haven't done before and trying to put a put a bigger light on it and my goal is to eventually have a big tour you know um and that we can actually be we're, we're proud of what we're doing, but I want to, I want to be to we're, that we're really proud of, you know, I want an eight to eight to 10 race schedule around the nation that can be televised, that can be marketed and make it to where, you know, this is more mainstream and is exciting. Well, I can tell you, uh, I'm going to be honest with you. You're doing something that a lot of people have talked about doing that just haven't made it happen. And you're, you're already steps ahead. And I can honestly tell you that from someone who grew up in the, figure eight epicenter here in the area that uh, this is exactly what these guys in this sport needs and these girls if you will um so i'm very proud of what you've done i mean you've you've done some great stuff in 2023 i think you're going to do more phenomenal stuff but uh, james uh we'll wrap it up here who would you like to i always give people i don't care who you are an opportunity to thank whoever you would i know your your lovely wife she is awesome i got to know her a lot more in colorado she is phenomenal she has been by your side helping you a lot with this deal but who would you like to thank, my friend? Yeah, she's definitely she is definitely my rock, and she and she's my bumpers. You know, on a bowling lane, sometimes those, those kids need the bumpers to keep themselves out of the gutter. Man, my wife, man, she does a great job keeping me aligned and keeping me focused. And um, I, I love my wife, Christina, the pieces. Um, but yeah, we'd also like to thank um, some some people that have helped us out all season long and since the beginning of Northwest Figure Eight, honestly. Um, like Mojito of Seattle with a fantastic restaurant and owner Loom. Loom's a great friend of mine and um we want to thank him. Uh Scott Matter and at Race Cows. Um make some of the best uh best stickers best stickers around. They make, make stickers for NASCAR and for sanctioning bodies all over the place. Uh J two racing in Monroe, they supply a lot of parts for a lot of our drivers. Um I wanna thank Angie Dietz for helping us out throughout the year. Um Dan and Megan have done such a great job. Um, John Peterson, our, our guy up in the tower, helping make calls. You met him down in Colorado as well. Um, and then I want to thank the racetracks that have supported us. Um, Colorado National Speedway, State Line Speedway in Idaho, Evergreen Speedway, Washington, um, Wenatchee Valley Super Oval, which is actually a super, an oval track that they're putting a figure eight track in, if not this year, then next year. So we're going to have another asphalt figure eight track, which is a super exciting. Um, and then we also have Tri-Cities Raceway in Washington as well, and and Hermiston Raceway in Oregon. I think that's it. <laughs> well, that that's incredible. I mean, there's tracks you've mentioned that I haven't even heard of, so that makes me excited yeah. because there's tracks that I, I can get to that I am very excited to. But, uh, James, I, I really do. I know you're three hours behind us. I do appreciate you coming on and your busy schedule today. But, uh, man, I'm looking forward to this weekend and seeing you guys out there, and it's going to be a phenomenal weekend, my man. I appreciate. I got to give one more shout out. I apologize. Sure. Uh, Motorsports Monday. It's another podcast that's up here um, in the Northwest, and they they talk all kinds of racing in every genre, and they actually let me come on their show and talk figure eight racing as well. So I appreciate them. Oh, absolutely, so, no doubt. Shout out there. And, yeah. and then of course Josh and Mikey as well. We appreciate sure. them. Absolutely, buddy. And uh, we appreciate you taking the time. And we will see you in the uh, beautiful state of California here this weekend, my man. 
That sounds good, my friend. I appreciate you. All right. Thanks, James Conley. Yep. And that is James Conley with the Northwest Welcome Figure back. 8 here. We'll throw down we'll episode 23 here on the Wild Green Wild here with you with Hawk Carroll Adams. And uh, thank you for James Conley, the guru of the Northwest Figure 8 Association, for coming on today. And uh, Hawk Carroll Adams, we aren't quite done with 2022 yet. We still have a lot more racing. You and I will be boarding a plane this Thursday morning for California. Hard to believe that, uh, but uh, Rod Pachter invited me out to help call the interviews on the track and whatnot. Tori will be up in the booth. Uh, but pretty incredible that we get to go to California this Thursday morning, bright and early. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's a very exciting, uh, uh, very exciting trip indeed. As far as racing goes, uh, one of my biggest trips ever, I'm sure. Never been out to the West Coast, so really looking forward to this situation. And I know Rod Proctor talked to me. I was like, what about rain or whatnot? How long do we have to plan on staying, if you will? But uh he was like, it's uh, rain out here is kind of far and in between. You know, you have the Mojave Desert right over the San Bernardino. Bernardino. Ugh, I always mispronounce that word. It's kind of like a tongue twister. San Bernardino, California area. A lot of nature. You know, Mount Baldy is right there. You know, I've heard about Mount Baldy. Haven't really studied it, if you will. But uh, very excited to see some of the nature out there, landscapes. I know you're excited. We get to get off the plane. We have all of Thursday from 12 on to kind of explore, if you will. You have SoFi Stadium out there. You have the L.A. Coliseum. And for a sports fan, I know you're excited. Yeah, I mean, you know, I've seen all that stuff on TV for years as a kid and everything, you know, all those different places. So it'd be a great opportunity to check out some of that stuff. As you said, we'll have some time and uh, before and after the uh, racing event. So, uh, yeah, once again, I want to appreciate you and Rod Proctor inviting me out there. So it's going to be great. I've never been out to the West Coast, so it's going to be very interesting. Got to be bright and early. You better get some caffeine on Thursday morning. I can tell you that. But, uh, you know, it is the West Coast Championship 2022 at Orange Show Speedway, the Outlaw Figure 8 Division. Uh, we'll talk about some of the drivers that we kind of uh, know off our hand that's going out and uh, kind of around that area in Colorado as well. So it's pretty cool, incredible. Uh, so the Outlaw Figure 8 Vision will be there with the Street Stock Challenge. And I do already believe over 35 cars signed up from five different states, including California, Nevada, Colorado, Idaho, and Utah. Pretty interesting mix of states for street stocks. Yeah, it should make it real interesting. We'll be able to see how they do things out there. And, uh, like, you know, we don't really know a lot of the drivers out there and how they do things and how their cars are. So it'd be great to see uh, how they do things out there on the West Coast. Now, of course, let's talk about the West Coast Championship. Uh, one notable, you cannot talk about the West Coast Championship without mentioning one guy who's won it many times, and that is T-Time Ben Tunney. Uh, ben Tunney in the number five from up there in Indianapolis, Indiana. He'll making the long. Tra- he'll be making the long trial over. Um, unfortunate, Steve Durham. I saw on the list he was not going to be able to make it out this year. He has been out there three times. Um, I believe I saw on the stats, if you will. Um, but Scott and I, I want to give him a shout out. He sent me all the stats from the West Coast Championship. Imagine that. So uh, that is the professor we call him at the Indianapolis Speedrome. But then you have a lot of different cars. You have Austin Tunney, Jesse Tunney coming out there. I didn't see Mark's name on that list. Uh, of course, we have to say Mark if we're talking about the Tunneys and figure eight racing. Um, you have Doodle Ferris, Brandon White from this area. I believe Chad Sizemore is going now. You have a lot of different others. Troy Hughes was on that list, but I saw Troy was not going to be able to make it out now. So we're seeing a lot of different uh, figure eight drivers. I saw Doug Gregg on the list. That was a shock to me because I didn't know that. Yeah, uh, someone actually mentioned that to me uh, when we was at Circle City last week that he was coming, and I was a little surprised. But uh, uh, it's a long, long trip. But, you know, those guys, are they're racers. They're figure-eight racers. And this is a big figure-eight event, and it's out there on the West Coast. So a lot of these guys, they want to race in these big events. So it's great to see so many guys being able to make that trip. No, I, no doubt about it. And uh, let's talk about some different people up in the area of – Colorado, Chris Cox, I believe he's trying to make it out. Uh, other drivers, uh, Lapato up in uh, Jillian. Um, she, of course, she took a big hit at Colorado National Speedway when I called that race in September. She's going to make it down, I believe. You have Chris Curtis, I believe, going to try to make it down. Let's talk about Chris Curtis trying to defend his West Coast Championship. How about that? Yeah, I know. They were really excited last year getting that win down there, and uh, I'm sure he's uh, – Definitely wanting to go and defend and uh, see if he can make it two in a row. Go have a lot of competition, but uh, I know he has a good shot at it. Chris Curtis, very fun to talk to him at Colorado Speedway. He is a jokester and a half. 
very well. Uh, great guy. He, you know, we were over there at the shop uh, putting the cars on the um, dyno, if you will. And Chris and I got to know him a little more there, and a great guy to talk to. I'm very excited to get back out there with them. Of course, you have your California guys. You have Rod Proctor as well. He's going to be entering that. So uh, overall, should be a phenomenal weekend of racing. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to that and uh, all the other racing I have there. And, uh, uh, of course, uh, see that facility there. Very interesting, the Orange Show Speedway and all the surroundings there as well. Yeah, let's talk about a little bit about the surroundings. I did not know this. I don't think you did either. But uh, do you know San Bernardino has the first ever McDonald's? That's pretty incredible. Yeah, it is pretty incredible. There's millions and millions of them all over the place. And uh, that's I guess that's where it all started. <laughs> That is where it started. You know, and you also have a lot of people who don't know the area. Uh, to the directly, I believe, a little bit northwest, it just maybe 10 minutes, 15-minute drive is Fontana. And where Fontana is is where California Speedway is, Auto Club Speedway from NASCAR. So that's pretty cool. Of course, NASCAR was not on the schedule there this year. I think they're going to return um, here shortly because they're doing a lot of modifying. They're, they're actually taking the big mile-and-a-half, two-mile track and making it a short track for nascar so that's interesting as well so there's a lot of different things out there i know that's one of the main routes of route 66 uh, route 66 if you will so that's pretty incredible too so if you do not know the area beautiful area i've seen on pictures now i went last year to california for the first time los angeles for the jay leno show deal and uh, it was pretty incredible but i did not get to explore as much as i am this weekend so i am very excited about that but then hawk carrot adams do you know what comes about three weeks after that your second visit. Yeah, remind me. Your second visit to the Gateway Dirt Nationals at the Dome in St. Louis, one of your favorite cities, I know. And uh, I know you're looking forward to that because we kick it off. We are not going to the race on Thursday night, but we are Friday and Saturday, of course. But what you have to remind me, what do we got tickets for for Thursday night? We are going to uh, see the best hockey team there is. Uh, St. Louis Blues that night are in town, so... We're gonna. We got some tickets here, so we're gonna check them out. They play uh, Carolina, Carolina Hurricanes that night. And that's scary. That's why I played that tone because I do not like the Blues. So I uh, hope that Carolina whoops them. I'm just gonna go on and say that I might even have to. I'm not a Carolina Hurricane fan. I am a Nashville Predators hockey fan. But that night I will be a Hurricane fan. Well, just I know a lot of people don't keep up with hockey, but uh, as of right now, early on, Carolina actually is the number one team in the league, so uh, it'll be quite a challenge there. So it'll be fun to watch, and uh, it's always a great time seeing live hockey. There's just nothing like it. Oh, there there isn't, and I will say that. I went to a game with you, I think, last year for the first time. That was the Dallas Stars and St. Louis Blues, so that was pretty cool. But let's talk about the race itself. You're not a dirt guy, but how about that atmosphere last year? I know you even liked it, you said, but what about that atmosphere inside the Dome? Yeah, it's really neat, you know, uh, the big, big pit area inside the uh, convention center, if you will, there next to the Dome, it leads right to it. And just uh, the vibe you get, uh, everybody's excited, all the cars and people, and just that situation there in the Dome, that little little bull ring, as you like to term it, uh, it's just uh, really fun to see uh, a lot of, you know, close racing bumping shoving and uh everything and it's 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 really a wild time and i know you've become a brandon shepherd fan i know that's the guy who you liked last year he'll be back this year in the b5 machine uh but yeah let's talk about it uh, over 60 modifieds how about this 144 late models and uh, some of our local we talk about figure eight we got quentin white casey white competing jeffrey shackleford's in the car this year brayton laster and his teammate it's going to be very incredible this year yeah, it's always fun in those big events to see some people that we, we know personally and we see race all the time locally. So when you throw that into the mix as well, it just makes it even more fun. Absolutely, and we're excited to get out there. That comes about three weeks after our California trip, almost just a directly a month from now. I mean, we go out there the 1st, 2nd, 3rd, come home the 4th, and tomorrow is the 1st. I know we are recording this today on Halloween, but it will be released a little bit later on this week Uh Hard to believe we're almost to the November month, and, uh, of course, when this airs, it will be November, but uh, hard to believe Thanksgiving's upon us here, Hawk Aaron Adams. Yeah, well, I mean, uh, a lot of people like to forget about Thanksgiving because you go out to the stores and all you see is Christmas stuff. So, But, yeah, I'm afraid now that it is uh, after Halloween, uh, I guess you could say it is officially Christmas season. 
Well, I guess so. We do go to the Dome a week after the Thanksgiving holiday, so uh, we, we get our gut full of turkey and whatnot, have one more uh, hoorah um, of, of the other racing that's going on around the area. I think Highland Rim goes pretty far out as well, so um, absolutely that St. Louis trip is going to be good. We got California uh, coming up as well, and then, of course, we got Showtime Speedway next year, Hawk Herod Adams. Uh, but, yeah, let's talk about this, you know, uh, you know, here we go. We, we go to the indoor season, if you will. A lot of people don't really, I guess, know about that, or they do know about that, but used to be short track racing was over on the off season, and then we were heading to the new season, and uh, it kind of was like, all right, what are we doing in the off season? We're doing nothing. We're, we're doing the holiday deal, if you will. But now you have the Gateway Dirt National is inside. You used to have the thing in January at Freedom Hall. Unfortunately, they don't do anything anymore with that, with the figure eight racing monster trucks, all that. But now kind of Monster Jam took its place in March, if you will. Usually it's early March. But now you have indoor tractor pulls in Lexington. You have the indoor St. Louis race. You have the indoor Monster Jams. So there is things in motorsports on the off season. Yeah, there's always some options there, you know, uh, uh, everybody wants to see some racing all year long, you know, so there's always a few options if you really look closely and, uh, it's, uh, you know, that's just the way racers are, you know, and never want to quit. No doubt. And, uh, that's uh, pretty incredible that, uh, you know, they, they keep getting these racers more and more. And we talked about it. We, I forgot to mention it just like you just did. Uh, you mentioned it, uh, February showtime, huge money on the line. That's in February. Now, what more does anyone want but to go to somewhere warm in February? And we love it. Sometimes it's cold down there, but it's better than here. That's for sure in February. I'm looking to make my first uh, appearance as a fan down there in February. Hopefully, we can make that work. Uh, very excited for that. But a lot of money on the line down there in the Sunshine State in February. How about that? Yeah, like I say, there's a little bit of a break there around Christmas to kind of take that Christmas break. So you have a little bit of a break there for a while, and maybe some uh, some of the racetrack have their banquets there around that time in January. But you have a long period off, and then here comes February. And then, as you said, you got the, it's a lot of racing going on down there in Florida. Of course, we got the big figure eight race down there at Showtime Speedway and uh, near Clearwater in Tampa. And I always love going there. And, uh, uh, everybody likes to go down there, so uh, that'd be the big thing to kind of kick off uh, 2023 for us. Yeah, no doubt, and uh, very excited for that, if you will. So um, I'm looking forward to that. Uh, but, Hall, Carol Adams, uh, what's your final thoughts on today's episode and all the racing we've been having? Yeah, uh, it was great uh, talking about Circle City Raceway. You know, we had a great time up there uh, seeing some good dirt track racing and seeing the exciting uh, situation up there unfolding for next year. And, uh, you know, now we're getting ready and prepared to uh, head off and get on that plane, as you said, and uh, head to California AA for the big West Coast figure eight. Yeah, no doubt. Looking forward to that. I know you and I both are, so we're excited to get out there for more racing, the street stock racing, figure eight racing, dirt racing. It's all kind of coming to that close, but some of the biggest events of the year to end it out. And no better way to end out the season than have some races uh, that are in a warm area and indoors, that's for sure. Well, thank you everyone again for your patience with the, getting the show back and up and running. I want to thank Dirt 2 Media and the production crew and staff for their hard work. I want to thank you, Hawk Carrot Adams, for coming on with me as always. I know people like when we talk together on here about racing. That's what we love to do. It's what we live for. Thank you to Brandon Hooker for the Diesel Boys LLC sponsorship of the show and the love he has for racing. And, of course, remember, race fans, drivers, crews, always support your local racetrack. I'm Will Greenwell, and I will see you around the turn. <laughs>